welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery, and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. Christmas is only a few days away, believe it or not, but life is never easy. And oh, 2020, my goodness, 2020 has pushed the limits of human civility in so many ways. COVID-19, presidential elections, millions losing their jobs, 300,000 or so dead from the pandemic, Mac masks and vaccines and social distancing and lockdowns, life completely disrupted for students at all levels, their education, their graduation ceremonies, their extracurricular activities and their sporting events, just to name a few, all disrupted at every single level. As anxiety and nerves wear thin, it's very easy to lose patience and succumb to the fear, anger, and anxiety that all of us are feeling right now. Humans, we we react this way. So in this podcast, Before Christmas, let's talk about relationships and one very specific aspect of relationships. And this could be any of our relationships, whether it's with friends, it's with family, loved ones, relationships online, and even just society at large. How we engage with people, all people, from those closest to you all the way to those from a distance you barely know or don't even know at all. These are all components of our character. And the specific aspect I want to talk about is trust. I heard a TED Talk focused on trust by a professor named of Frances Frey. She was a business professor. I'm sure if you want to Google her name and listen to the talk that I'm referring, uh, it's been viewed 19 million times. This alone just speaks volumes of how important this topic is to everyone. Now, in her TED Talk, the thrust was about trusting relationships geared towards building trust in the workplace. But I don't believe in narrowing this trust concept down to just the workplace. If you listen to me by now, you know I simply don't invest so much time in the job of things. I I believe the job of things is way overhyped in society And I think we've been kind of tricked to believe how incredibly all-consuming important the career is to life. So I really enjoyed her principles or pillars she discussed, but I found the scope too limiting. There is a way, there's way more than just the business of trust. Not that trust isn't important while at work, but for me, the talk was, was just not enough. It can be said that trust, and trust you foster in your life is the foundation of literally everything you will do in life. If you don't have trust or trust other people, your interactions with your friends or potential friends, your spouse or significant other, or maybe even your potential spouse or significant other, your family, your colleagues, whomever actually you engage, it will not reach its full potential And the contentment, the joy and happiness in that relationship will be muted. Trust is no small task, no minor thing. It's incre, but it's incredibly important. 
Also, from the get-go, I'm no trust expert by any stretch of the imagination. Heck, I've probably over my life broke trust more than I've fostered it. So I come at this from a very pragmatic perspective, not some expert testimony or perspective of as if I'm going to tell you how the best way is to foster trust in your life. And if everyone is honest with themselves, we all can always do better, no matter how good you are at it or not at fostering and building trust. What better time to fix, mend, and foster new relationships of trust than the holiday season? As we push into 2021, an entirely different perspective can be reached in your interactions to change everything for you in this very crucial aspect of your life. What a powerful personal statement to you. In this horribly hard year as we move towards 2021 with a goal of building, fostering, developing, trusting relationships in everything you do. It could actually be argued that when we trust people more and we're trusted more, there is this potential for unprecedented progress in your life your faith, your relationships, your work environment, or anywhere. See, trusting relationships are powerful relationships. They're vibrant. They're healthy. When there is no trust, the relationship is hampered. It's dampened. It's muted. Or in the very worst case, the relationship can be terminated altogether. Sure, relationships can exist without a trust or low levels of trust, but if we're honest and we've all had those kind of low trust relationships, when we don't have trust in a person, an institution, or whatever, there's no way in a state of distrust to reach the true potential of that relationship as one or maybe even both of the parties are always holding something back. It's just natural. So, Let's discuss three pillars of trust. In practice, when we have trust or are building trust, all three pillars, they're working together simultaneously. If one pillar is cracked or broken, trust becomes muted. It is declining or it may literally fracture and break and be gone completely. The first pillar of trust is something known as empathy. Empathy is the ability to identify with or to understand or at the very minimum just to appreciate another situations or feeling. When a person has empathy, they look up, look at, listen to, attempt to immerse in the other person's perspectives. They have this ability to appreciate the person on a deeper level so they will not intentionally do things to hurt the other person because they identify and they appreciate the other person and they have this ability to want to understand and appreciate the other person on a deeper level. This is not something any of us are just born with. Some people may by nature be a little more empathetic, but this is a learned skill over time. And those people that are not empathetic, it's been learned not to be over time. So there's hope for all of us in that in this area. This is so important to trust empathy because we can't create trust when we don't focus on that other person. It's hard to have empathy without humility. That egocentric, narcissistic people, they struggle immensely with empathy. It takes a certain degree of humility and caring bigger than themselves to truly 
have empathy. We all know that person. Oh, you're sick with the flu. And you're talking to someone about how terrible you feel and how hard it is. And the response out of that person is something to the effect, Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Last year when I had the flu, it was way worse than what you're dealing with right now. Here's what I went through as they, prescri- as they proceed to just kind of describe that what you're feeling right now is really minimal in comparison to what they went through. Or even take the opposite, something great happens to you. Oh, I I just uh, won the lottery and I won $1 million. And then the other person, oh, that's great. But wow, you remember five years ago when I won $5 million in the lottery? I know it's a lot more than yours, but boy, that was so great for me when I did that. You get the idea, right? It's really hard to have empathy if you're narcissistic or you're egocentric and constantly focusing on yourself. Along those same lines, to improve your empathy, you have to be willing to stop and listen. Just be quiet and actively listen to other people, not half-heartedly, not waiting to jump in and respond, but just that ability to, to shut up. This one's really hard for me. I'm used to talking, well, just about all the time. So to listen for me is a weakness of mine. And I have to really try and catch myself to listen because I'm not very good at it. And for it's the same for many people too. And empathy requires us to listen to gain understanding. You have to believe it's okay to have a different opinion is another aspect of empathy. You can't be aghast or disgusted or angry when someone doesn't think like you. I don't always agree with my wife or my kids or my friends on a topic. I have to be okay with this. Every human being on this planet has to walk out their own life to their own schedule, to their own beliefs. Sure, you can and you should have discussions that are hard, but the reality is the relationship has to be more important than the opinion of convincing a person to take a particular position, whether it's religion or politics or culture or family or children. An empathetic person has the capacity to not attempt to force the other person to change their perspective. It almost never works anyway. And if it does work, uh, a sort of a coerced agreement, oftentimes those, those just lead to backlash and the opposite effect happening. The second pillar of trusting relationships is logic. In relationships, whether it's work, whether it's family or online, the quality of logic used or the ability to communicate that logic can break really easily. Just go to Facebook, find a political thread that appears to start rather open-minded, but then degrades really quickly to name-calling and you're stupid, no, you're more stupid type communication. If we can even call that communication, but it's really hard to maintain logic, reasoning, in our discussions. Realize all level of trust is completely shattered when a party ends up with name calling and personal attacks. The fix to this, to handling tough situations with logic, is to just keep a very crisp, clean, past sentence. 
and with support in your communications. Keep it short, simple, sweet to the point when you're dealing with very difficult issues. Articulate your position on topics without that loaded language thing. I see it all the time. I voted for Trump because I'm not a socialist commie or I voted for Biden because I'm not a racist sexist pig. Neither one gets it done. Neither one will get it done. Challenge yourself. The more intensely personal and emotional the topic is, the more careful, the more measured, the more objective the word choices you should speak or write. You don't have to be a polished orator or a Pulitzer Prize winning writer to choose words that you write or speak carefully. If you want to foster trust, be careful with those words that come out of your mouth and are written on a computer screen. Then, after you do give the position, be sure to be able to back up your statements with facts, with concrete examples and clear ideas or rationale. Again, nix those emotional words. But be sure your positions are valid based on your understanding of the topic. Oh, and here's a good one that our mainstream media machine, they, they ignore this all the time. Don't just automatically jump to conclusions based on one data point, one soundbite, one quote. And if, you, and, and if you don't fully know an answer to a question, tell the person you're talking to or discussing something with online that you just don't fully have the answer or you don't have sufficient information to give a definitive answer. This builds massive trust and credibility. As you're being honest, you're not being flippant or you're not coming across as some partisan hack from CNN or Fox News, just spouting off talking point. As you present your positions and engage, have humility to change and admit when you're wrong. Sometimes, shockingly, we make wrong choices or we had the wrong information or maybe not all the information to make a sound decision or your judgment maybe was just clouded with preconceived ideas. It happens to all of us. And if you say, oh no, not me. No, 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 no. My, my position on politics is basically infallible. And quite frankly, as I look back on my history, I haven't actually ever been wrong yet in my life. Well, let me tell you in a very nice way, if you would have such a silly position, you're utterly and 100% ignorant and blind, as nobody ever in the history of the world has ever been right on everything. And by the way, your political party isn't right all the time either. And and so this silly nonsense of, of believing you have an unending and perfect knowledge, it probably is preventing you from forming trusting relationships. But besides you having the ability to say, you know what? I was wrong about XYZ. You also need to give space for the other person to change their opinion without gloating on winning and using that, see, I told you so. I knew you would come around to my opinion with a smirk on your face. You gotta give room in a trusting relationship to let the other side come to their own realization. Boy, there was some things over the last few months I had to eat crow on. I was dead wrong uh, with my wife. And it is not easy to say, you know what? I was wrong 
about this topic or that topic, but a trusting relationship, it can't be seen as a sporting event. See, in a sporting event, there's always a winner and a loser, and it ends with a clean cut, black and white, points, no points type thing. But if you're building a relationship properly, there are no such things as a winner and a loser in a trusting relationship both sides win all the time the third pillar is authenticity trust is built when individuals are clear on who they are dealing with and that involves you being open honest genuine and transparent most people most of the time can learn to adapt and change and and be and, and to work with people when they know who they are dealing with but humans, you and I, we have this natural tendency to hold back the tough stuff or kind of give a image of something that's not true. Or if it's bad, we, we definitely don't bring it out or that ugly stuff. See, when we're not authentic, it eventually will come out and it leads to a lack of trust. We're not all the same. We will never be. And thank God we don't all look the same, think the same, act the same. One thing that I always do in my humanities class, there's an essay topic, and it basically is this. What if everybody looked the same? Most conclusions are similar. On the positive, yeah, we could actually end all racial prejudice and bias and discrimination, but, and here's the big but on this type of a topic. What a boring life. What a mundane existence. Can you imagine what life would be like if we all look the same, think the same, act the same, talk the same, have the same perspective on everything? Life would be boring, boring, boring. We need to celebrate those differences even when we don't agree with them. Probably it's more important we celebrate differences with those we are in relationship than even the things that we're similar about. Sure, it does require working through some issues, but each person in any relationship needs to be their authentic self. So be transparent. Trust dies in a world of hiding things. It is so important that you articulate who you are, what's going on, your opinions, because it's really hard to build trust in a world of selfie filters and fake happiness or pretending to be one thing or the other when you're not. Also, with authenticity, we need to be true to ourselves. You are who you are, and no matter how much you try to conform or to be like who you perceive you're supposed to be, the less likely you can reach profound levels of trust and relationship. It is so important to know you can never satisfy the herds of conformists. It doesn't even matter if you're trying to conform for your friends or your family or your society. You need to be truthful, honest, and open about your opinions, beliefs, and feelings. I live in Florida. There are, it seems, millions of ex-New Yorkers. I just saw a number which is staggering. 2,000 people a day have been moving to Florida this year. Uh, and, and here, when I see, and I'm picking on New Yorkers, but it's not just New Yorkers, but here... All too often, I'll hear an excuse from a New Yorker for being rude uh, that, well, I'm from New York. Nah, that, that doesn't fly. You can be authentic. You can be truthful without being a jerk. That mentality of, 
Oh, it, it, it's about to get real up in here about right now. I'm, I'm about to drop some truth bombs on people. That's not the right approach. If you follow the pillars one and two that I discussed on building trust, then you need to be authentic in a way that will create trust and unity versus being destructive and tearing relationships apart. Being loud and obnoxious about your true self destroys trust. It doesn't build trust. Remember, all three pillars have to work together. Online discussions are funny to me when I see comments like, I'm getting my truth out there and you're going to listen to me, damn it. And if you don't listen to the truth for me, well, you're an idiot. I mean, really? Rantings like this or name calling when giving your opinion will never, ever, ever work. In an attempt to give an opinion, you mock the person you are giving the opinion to and that is going to help reconcile the disagreement? Jeez, how silly. So be authentic, yes, but be authentic while being empathetic and logical at the same time. Because being that authentic, I'm going to get all up in your face and it's going to get real here. That type of authenticity is very weak-minded. What's very strong-minded authenticity is combining that authentic opinion with being empathetic and logical at the same time. So, empathy, logic, authenticity, three pillars to build trust. Imagine a new year where you are in relationship with friends, family, colleagues, and anyone, anywhere basically, where you practice empathy, logic, authenticity. These three combined are going to build up trust and you're going to foster trust. You're going to strengthen trust in your relationships. Your relationships will be stronger. They'll be more dynamic. They'll be fuller with a deeper and more powerful perspective of things. And you will have less anger, anxiety, resentment, fear. As when you have trust in your interactions, the negatives just simply can melt away. And you can have joy and contentment in becoming known as a person people can trust and rely on. Imagine if you're that and your kids, your friends, your family come to you when they need you because they know that they can trust you. It's a great power. It's one of the most profound powers you can develop. So as I end this last podcast before Christmas 2020, I just want to wish you and your entire family all of the best for a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value. Imagine giving and receiving trust as the Christmas or holiday gift you provide to those relationships you hold most dear in life. It would surely be a Christmas to remember and a powerful way to cap off 2020 and a supercharging way to kick off 2021. Remember, I generally publish a new episode every Monday and Wednesday, so if you click like or follow, you'll be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.